Hey guys, welcome to the Jet Life Podcast. It's time I'm your ultimate jet guide, and today I'm drawing with Candy with Jet Aviva. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah, let's talk about you know what buyers need to know. Do you do a first time buyers? What I do, do. actually. I've had a lot of first-time buyers. For the big stuff? Well, what's funny is they've come in and I've already upgraded them once or twice. The newcomers to aviation, like in 2020 and 2021, they've gone, they're already upgrading into larger cabins. So, yeah, let's, I will talk about that. Like, how do they get, how do you go from, how do you, what do you need to think about? Here's a lot of people come to me and it's like, hey, Tom, I want to buy a jet for a million dollars or less. Yeah. And then, how do you, transition from that light jet into a mid midsize jet sounds like you haven't experienced up enough yeah you know the big thing for me is making sure that they understand what the cost of ownership is i've had it happen a lot where people have come to me not realizing how much an airplane is going to cost them the cheapest parts buying yeah and they go to maintain it uh or they go to sell it and they're just really disappointed in the experience and then they're out completely I would much rather have them understand the cost of owning a jet. I mean, at the end of the day, we're selling time. Right. That's that's what we sell. Yeah. If they come up with time travel, we're out of a job. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So we sell time and we gotta make sure that they understand that that's gotta be part of their equation. But I wanna make sure they truly understand the, the acquisition cost, the operating cost. And then the one that gets forgotten a lot is what does that residual value deal look like? And that's all part of the equation that I like to explain to people. That's the reason I don't get into like hawker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I just, they're not bad airplanes. They're actually, not. they're yeah. great, right? But you also have to realize that it's not gonna be the most desirable airplane in a down market. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So so what are you seeing uh, 2024 com- uh, coming up? What are you seeing for, what should buyers be aware of? Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, we're still in uncharted territory, right? Yeah. It, it feels very fuzzy. I don't have a clear line of sight on what. We used to be like, it's going to be worth less. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Uh, but we are seeing inventory numbers really stabilize on a lot of makes and models. We're still going up on some. I don't think we're going to be looking at any big change in 2024. Even though it's an election year, even though we're talking about, about that, yep. um, you know, interest rates, things like that. I think we might return to a normal annual depreciation. Right. And what, what do you see in like the midsize, light size of the jets? They're like thinking like 10%, 8 to 10%? Typically, unless it's the first year, the, I always say the, the ski hill is steepest end yeah. at the beginning, right? Uh, but once you get past year three, um, you're looking anywhere from uh, 7 to 8% a year yeah. is what I've seen in the mid-cabin market. Yeah. So do you deal with a lot of first-time buyers in the mid-cabin market? I have uh, this past three years. Okay, yeah. Uh, traditionally speaking, like prior to COVID, yeah. probably 20% of my business is first-time buyers. Gotcha. Um, and then that ramped up, honestly, to about 80%. Wow. Uh, but it's starting to now, I'm coming back down below that 50%. I want so many questions I want to ask you, but one thing I'm seeing in the midsize world is people are looking at midsize because they're looking at putting it on a charter certificate. What advice, tips do you have for someone that's considering midsize gem for the purpose of, I need a tax write-off. Yep. I need, uh, 
minimal access to my aircraft 50 hours a year or less i got a guy that's telling me i'll put it on his way certificate i think we both would agree that like okay you're probably not going to make money but it might be a viable play if it is a viable play you go through all the numbers what are some tips that you might kind of share with that we're going into that yeah like markets change um demand changes yeah they could be very very uh, fickle yeah and charter operators are very eager to bring clients on right now charter demand is still higher than it was pre-coded uh it's come down off of its peak but i've always told people uh especially because i have a charter background like you don't you don't buy an airplane to make money agreed uh you might have made money in the last two years True. Uh, absolutely. There was yeah. a lot of demand. So ask the operator for the pre-COVID numbers. Yes. <laughs> so with the pre-COVID demands. <laughs> I think it's a good option for people looking to offset their comps. There it is. That That's what charter is. You're going to have increased wear and tear or something like that. But uh, buy the airplane because you eat the airplane. Not because you're going to make nothing. Right. What do you see since you're the mid-sized jets? What is the the, the hint? that an owner will take if they put it on a charter because we're increased wear and tear. Yeah. A big hit, little hit. Cause we, and maybe we want to back up and say, you know, there's a couple of things that people should take into account when they're buying. We kind of went through the three that you like to talk to and yeah. wear tears kind of something we need a ton. So what are those things? Well, primarily that has to do with the charter operator that you're working with. You got to be very um, selective. Um, you know, it's great to have performa members to work with, but at the end of the day, I would get on some of their, uh, talk with some of their yep. other owners that have used that company to put charter on the airplane and say, how, how are they doing? Are they making sure that people are taking care of the airplane? Are they vetting who they're using? Um, I've, I've been around back in the 2000s when there was a lot of rock groups chartering airplanes out of oh, Southern California. And you had some that took care of the airplane, drank tea. They would drink tea before they promote. Those are the charter people that you want, right? And then you had the partiers, man. That they had, they had women on board. There was clothes staying, drink. Yeah, open a black light. Dude, there. <laughs> those people turned. So it really, um, it is added where it's air, but how that's managed really is up to uh, which man for him marry. So when someone's looking to buy a private jet. Uh, there are a couple of things that you had mentioned that I'd like to tell them about uh, in terms of operating costs. And what are, what are those criteria and the one that you're feeling a lot of people Well, right now, the the big wild card, quite frankly, is um, pilot. It is muck old, right? Uh, pilot salaries are going up substantially. Um, and that's one that I think is shocking, even more people that have owned their planes for 20 years, right? Um, I think there's a bit of an overcorrection going on right now. I feel like being a pilot or even a mechanic in this industry was a little undervalued uh, I agree. for a long time. Um, and, you know, these guys, they're on call 24 seven. It's, it's tough to have a family life, all those things, right? Now we have this massive shortage because of the airlines and they can almost name their price, right? And so we're kind of swinging the pendulum. So I'm glad to see salaries are coming up, but it's getting a little out of control. And so it's tough to predict that. Yep. But you have to have a pilot to fly your airplane. So 
you know, you've got to do that. Um, the other thing I think, uh, insurance costs seem, you know, we, we've seen a lot of the insurance industry have pretty big losses this year. Yeah. And so even on single engine, I'm sorry, uh, single pilot qualified airboats or I don't play, they're requiring two pilots and you've lost an advantage of having a single yeah. pilot overhead. So the insurance companies are kind of driving some unpredictable costs. And then, uh, I guess the last thing is maintenance. Yeah. I, I, you'd probably see the same thing. Come on. Maintenance costs have gone up 40%. Costs and availability. Right. It's not just about, you know, how much more you're paying for, but how long it's going to take to get your plane back. Yeah. Or if you can even get it seed when you need it. Parts availability, we're having a lot of supply chain issues. So, you know, gone are the days like, you know, the boss saying, I don't care what it costs. I need my airplane on right. Thursday. There's just nothing that they can do. You rental engines, can't get rental engines. So there's, there's a, those are the things that kind of worry me going into 24. It's not, you know, how many prices are gonna do. It's more about how do we keep these airplanes in the end? Yeah, and having a trusted advisor like someone at Jet Aviva or a broker that kind of understands that that puts these things on your radar. There's a lot of I mean, a, a lot of brokers out there. You know, you call them on control of their order takers. Yeah. You know, they here's the price. All right, whatever. And they don't they don't think to hey. Have you bought or have you worked with my name's guy to yeah. have insurance? Do you have a pilot? Do you have a mechanic? Uh, yeah. You know, they don't put these things on your radar. You're so focused on miles, yeah, like a car. You don't think, like, I just, the mechanic matters. It's great. Guy who's driving and flying, it matters. And book a training. Training. Like, yeah. You're yeah, you got your buddy. I've had a guy. <laughs> I've got a guy right now. He's got a buddy who's finished up his commercial. They're looking to buy a jet. It's like, well, what about talk type brand? Yeah. How are we going to play that? I would think about all that stuff. So that's great. Absolutely. So, one of the questions I was wondering, with the midsize, one thing that you talked about, and I think is really important for people to consider is, what is the value of the jet when you go to sell it? Can you speak to that in general? So if someone's looking to buy a jet, how do I keep in mind what's this thing gonna be worth later on? And what does that look like in the midsize? I think. The, the things to consider uh, for me, most of the value of your airplane is gonna be tied up in the engines. Engines. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've got very strong opinions about uh, engine programs and airframe programs and, and whatnot. Because I, <laughs> I used to work for one of the providers, so, so I know these things pretty well in a nutshell, and I won't go into, like, great detail. I'm a huge fan of engine programs. Okay, that's it. Yeah, got it. Uh, this is, like, whole life insurance. Uh, when you go to sell your plane, even if you've never uh, done an overhaul or anything like that, you're going to get the value yep. of that yep. going forward. And if, you know, things go off in the night, it's covered. Yep. 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 Uh, on the airframe programs, you got to be real careful, depending on the manufacturer, what the contract states. And so, for instance, like on Pro Parts, like that's just an account. Let's grow down. It hits an hits an account. You're not like saving any money because when you go to sell that airplane, you're required to pay back the negative balance. not. And if there's money left over, you only get sixty five cents on the dollar. Really? Yes. Okay. Right. So that is time life. That's a short right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a YouTube short right there. <laughs> so what's interesting about it is there's one little like loophole, and that is if you don't renew it. If you terminate the contract, that's true. You owe, you have to pay back the negative, and you only get sixty-five cents of the dollar. You're never going to time the sale of your crap 
Exactly. Right. You know, because you're doing a pre-buy inspection. Yeah. And that's when you really want it. Yeah. But you don't want to have to pay back the negative balance. Yeah. So your contract, that's the only time you're not required to pay back a negative is, is if you let the contract fulfill its three-year term. And again, we're talking about pro parts. So I tell people, if you want kind of the extended warranty problems, then it's okay for the first year. But if it does well, like the airplane, you know, doesn't have a lot of issues, or you just want to make sure you're working out the bugs, you do the first three years and then just let it go. Because then you don't have to pay back the main. Yep, yep. So I'm a big fan of engine programs. I'm a big fan of air pre- uh, uh, APU programs, which we have yep. on the McTadden. And um, you got to be careful about annual minimums. True. Flight minimums, yep. Right? So some of the programs don't require annual minimums. Some of them do. I've got a client right now that's flying 100 hours a year. So I, I'm very specific and very deliberate about which airplanes we're going to be making offers on. Because I don't want to get them a bill every year for something that they're using. Yeah. But... I think that could be your tip. That, that, <laughs> that is the tip. That is the... The resaleability is going to be largely in your engines okay. and making sure that the airplane is supporting. Gotcha. I don't want to get into anything too old. Yeah. Unless you're comfortable being the last owner. For sure. <laughs> For sure. I get it. No, I get it. Um, do you have anything that you've seen with your owners in terms of creative uses for their jets? What's some of the most creative uses? You mentioned time machines. Yeah. Creative uses for the jets, whether it be for personal, for business. Just trying to give people an idea of like, oh, I've never thought about that before. We use my jet in that way. I think, yes, it's a slam dunk. I definitely I want to buy a jet. You know, it's it's more of the business model than like for everyone. Sure. Um, but one of my uh, longtime clients, he's been with me for a long time, 10 years probably. Um, he works with a hospital network or he is a hospital network. And he uses his King Air's fleet of them that I've helped him buy to get uh, specialists, doctors, surgeons, specialists to rural parks on the country. Getting your team out there. Yeah, so they are able to go to uh, Bismarck or North Platte or something, you know, remote area so people can get specialized medicine. And then that person comes back to Denver and they that doctor gets to go on that remain. It's just like he showed up at his local hospital and worked there, except now the people that live in rural America have access to this really good medicine yeah. in rural parts of America. So it's twofold. It gets your team out to remote places that you couldn't go elsewhere, and it gets the team back in a timely fashion that is helping you either maybe do more business or do higher quality business. Higher quality, right? Yep. He gets to go home to his family and or she. Uh, gets to go home at night, spend time with their family, and then get up the next day and go have an impact, a positive impact, and give people access to medicine that they may not either had otherwise have. I really appreciate that. That's yeah. Candy, thank you so much. I'm going to do a quick intro, but thank you so much for being here. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Genevieve. Yeah? Yeah. YouTube channel. I, I'm on a YouTube channel that I, I've got a little bit of content in there, and I'm going to be picking that back up soon. But um, I'm at Jet Advisor. Um, is the YouTube channel, so check me out and at jetaviva.com. Oh, that's them? Yes, appreciate it. Yeah.